they offer a jelly bean test instead. So I remember with my first midwife, she would give like organic Trader Joe's jelly beans, like 52 of them, or I think it's 52. Ah! Yeah. And that's, that's the number for the amount of sugar that you need. So welcome to the happy home birth podcast, your source for positive, natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 98 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and did you hear me right? I said episode 98. We are getting so close to the 100 episode mark, and I am unbelievably excited. I would love for us to have a 100th episode celebration, and I need your help for that. Okay, so what I would love for you to do very quickly is head over to speakpipe.com forward slash happy home birth. If this podcast has impacted you or influenced you in any positive way, would you just take a minute to leave a quick voicemail, five minutes or less, sharing just a bit of your story or how this has influenced you? I would love to hear it, and I know all of the other listeners would as well. We are going to have a 100th episode celebration, but I do need your help to have that happen. So please, if you don't mind, just hop on over to speakpipe.com forward slash happy home birth to leave that voice message. I promise it won't take you more than just a few minutes and it will make my world. So thank you so much in advance for doing that. Now let's go ahead and jump into today's episode with Kylie. So I'd love to ask you, what does preparing for a home birth look like to you? Do you picture anything in particular? Do you prefer a done for you checklist or do you enjoy putting the puzzle together yourself? Although I am, of course, a huge proponent for childbirth education, particularly childbirth education for home birth mothers, I love hearing how mothers choose to prepare for home birth. There's no one right way. And in today's episode, we'll hear how amazingly Kylie did with her preparation. From creating a labor labyrinth, which I had no idea what that was before this episode, to practicing pain management techniques, there is so much to learn from this episode. So let's dive in. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Kylie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. I'd love for you to start off by just introducing yourself to the listeners, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. Um, my name is Kylie. I live in Southwest Florida. Um, I was a hairstylist while I was pregnant, but now I'm actually um, a doula. I took my doula course while I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Most people do. Um, yeah, so Southwest Florida. I've, um, I grew up in Seattle, and uh, I have just one little girl who's seven months old. Oh, that's so wonderful. So you said that you actually started, so you started your doula training during your pregnancy. Yeah, during my second trimester. Interesting. I I feel like a lot of people end up becoming doulas after they give birth, but that's really cool that you were like, I love this. 
Right. And I was like, well, instead of doing like childbirth education, why don't I just go get my like doula cert? And um, uh-huh. it was fantastic. Two births with one stone. That's pretty right? cool. Was, I like that. Okay. Very cool. Well, so let's talk about this. How did you come about having a home birth with your first child? What led you to this? So growing up, I really wanted kids, but even though I wanted kids, I told myself I didn't because I just didn't want it to hurt. (laughs) And I I feel like growing up, all you see is uh, the movies and it just is like some horrific event. Um, which is absolutely not true. <laughs> but I told myself as a kid that I wanted a planned cesarean section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as you got older, what what changed? So I think um, as a kid, I told myself I wanted a planned cesarean section. Um, because I didn't want to feel a single contraction. I just was so scared of the pain. Um, but when I decided, well, actually when I met my partner, I started listening to birth story podcasts Oh, um, and I listened to other podcasts that had stories of hospital births and birth center births and, and everything. And I just really didn't like what I was hearing. Um, it sounded like the women weren't in charge of their own births and, um, that they just kind of did whatever the doctors wanted them to do. And I knew right away that that was just not going to be okay for me. <laughs> um, like, I thought, like, okay, when I'm really sick, what do I want? And I'm like, okay, I just want to be at home and, like, to be by myself and and be in a dark room and just, like, let it happen. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't really want bright lights or strangers. Um, so after, before I even got pregnant, I, I absolutely knew I wanted a home birth. Um, wow. Right. I was so lucky. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is especially like, cause you're not saying like, Oh, I knew someone who had a home birth or my family always did this. You just like mm-hmm. listen to some birth story podcasts and figured out that's what you wanted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. A lot of them were like, a lot of the stories were, uh, I got a last minute episiotomy and, um, things like that interventions that that didn't seem necessary and so I just I didn't want that to happen to me that Um, makes so much sense right so I really I'm so grateful because a lot of people do choose home birth after like a traumatic birth and Mm -hmm. I'm just grateful I didn't have to go through that (laughs) well so how okay so you decided you were going to have a home birth before you before getting pregnant what was that like talking to your partner about that Oh, he's like 100% whatever I want. This was like, this was my event. Um, <laughs> Love it. So he, yeah, he was just, he was down for anything. Um, was he comfortable with it? Like, did he yeah. feel like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Totally. So he's, he's kind of like a wilderness guy. So mm. he's, um, I mean, he would be comfortable like doing stitches on himself kind of thing. <laughs> so he was That's like, he was down for everything. He had seen blood before, and and I think he was just as excited as I was. Um, I love that. I know. I was so lucky. It's it's fantastic. Um, so, so knowing that, okay, so knowing that that's what's going on, when you found out you were pregnant, when you entered pregnancy, like what 
became your focus. You said that you decided to do a doula training. How did you, how did you make that decision? Um, I, I always wanted to be some sort of a uh, life coach for lack of a better term. Um, but I knew I wanted to help women and I couldn't really figure out like my niche. Um, so as soon as I was pregnant and listening to these podcasts, often like the word doula came out and I had no clue what a doula was. And, um, one day it just hit me and I was like, oh my God, it's like a life coach for birth. Basically. Oh, I love that. Like, oh, that's why I never, you know, did anything with coaching before because I was waiting for this, this moment to happen. That's so cool. So you did your certification during your second trimester. Mm -hmm. Did you, are you, did you wait to take on any clients or did you go ahead and start before you had your baby? So I was going to wait to take on clients. Um, and then I had my baby and then COVID happened. So, um, (laughs) so I actually have never attended another birth besides mine. Um, but you're ready. <laughs> but I'm ready. I'm so ready. So as soon as I think the hospitals just started letting a second person in, um, mm. a lot of the I've just been doing like virtual coaching basically for people. Cool. Um, That's really neat. Right. A lot of people want their partner and then their mother there, um, mm. and I don't blame them at all. So um, yeah, I tell them they can they can text me, they can Facetime me, they can call me, whatever they need, I'll be there for them. That's awesome. That's so neat. Okay. Well, I would love to hear how this played out. Like what, what was your, the general feel of your pregnancy? Like, um, what did you, was it easy going or did you experience any hiccups? So it took me, um, six cycles to get pregnant, um, which is the absolute normal number, uh, like the average number. But it's funny because when you're trying, you you just imagine it's going to happen right away because you've spent your whole life like trying to avoid it. And uh, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. So I remember people asking me, oh, are you surprised that you're, were you surprised that you're pregnant? And I was because I hadn't gotten pregnant the, the prior five months, but uh, it's not like we weren't trying. So that was a funny mm-hmm. question to answer. It's like, yes, I was surprised, but not, you know, not like you're meaning to ask. Right. Um, the first book, book I read when I was pregnant was, the first book I read when I was pregnant was Mama Zen by Karen Mason Miller. And that kind of set the tone for my whole pregnancy. So it's a book on just like letting go of your expectations as a mother. It actually doesn't even talk about birth at all. (laughs) But it's like the perfect birth. Just like let go of your expectations and just like welcome whatever's going to come. So that really set the tone for my whole pregnancy and my birth even. Wow. Uh, So you feel like that gave you a very zen outlook. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, just let it happen. Uh, People would always ask me if I wanted a water birth, which I thought was funny. But my answer to them was, I don't know. I've never given birth before. I'm just going (laughs) to do what what feels right in the moment. We'll see. Um, I did end up having a water birth, which was was awesome. But... um, Pregnancy, the first trimester was the hardest for me. Um, I was sick from week six to 12. And the only thing that really helped was eating a lot. So I I gained over 70 pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, So by the end, I just felt, 
it was hard to move around by the end. I felt great right. in the last trimester, actually. The first really was the worst. But um, yeah, I had um, round ligament pain. So when I would move suddenly, I would get <clears throat> like this stabbing pain in my abdomen um, just that first trimester. And um, that's really when I started practicing like mindfulness. So when that would happen, I would just I would just be there with the sensation, and um, I transferred that practicing mindfulness into my whole life. So if I stubbed my toe or you know anything like that, I would just let the feeling go and not you know not dwell on the the pain. And and I think that really helped leading up to my birth. I love that. Right. Um, I think that mindfulness aspect is deeply overlooked in many, like, like you said, I know you, you chose to kind of prepare for childbirth without childbirth education, but you still prepared with a doula certification. (laughs) But I, I think that that is missing a missing component in a lot of childbirth education programs. It's just like that ability to connect with what is happening in this very moment. 100%. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. Um, I had a funny story from my second trimester. Um, I actually got a UTI in my second trimester. I was about 16 weeks pregnant and um, my midwife doesn't work like with any OBGYNs and she can't provide me antibiotics. Um, so I actually called, oh, and I actually, I don't have health insurance. So I called Planned Parenthood and was like, hi, I'm 16 weeks pregnant. I have a UTI. They're like, we can't help you. You need to go to your OBGYN. And I'm like, well, I don't have one. And they're like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I called an urgent care and I basically said the same thing. And they're like, no, why don't you have an OBGYN? You have to go to your OB. So I called another urgent care and I lied and I said I was 10 weeks pregnant and my OB didn't want to see me till I was 12 weeks pregnant. So I haven't met her yet. And um, she told me to go to the urgent care. And so they believed that and I was able to get um, some antibiotics. Um, I'm not a fan of antibiotics by any sense, but um, the, the UTI was so bad that I actually was vomiting again in my second trimester. Oh so man. It was like that. I just didn't really have a choice. Um, I can't believe it was that hard for you to get them. Even my midwife was a little bit like, good luck. <laughs> so I'm just glad nothing else happened the rest of pregnancy because it's kind of, I feel like down here in Florida, it's a little bit like, well, I guess you just would go to the ER and, and, get seen at the ER, which is ridiculous. Oh, real? what about like, I mean, for transporting, would it, do your midwives have connections to hospitals? Should no. something happen? And mm. No. Yeah, it's crazy that just like, not only from state to state, because state to state things are so varied, like regulations mm-hmm. and everything is varied, but even community to community, just the connection yeah. with the hospital, like what is that like with midwives? Gosh, it's right. it can be really rough. It's it's inappropriately and unnecessarily rough. Right, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, she said if I needed a transfer, she wouldn't even wouldn't even come with me. Um, <sighs> she would just give me my papers, and that's that. I think she used to transfer, and she's like, 
I would just get in the way and, you know, they wouldn't listen. So it's just, it's Mm -hmm. not helpful. Yep. I've heard, I've heard midwives talk of that, just how it's like, it's more hostile if I go. Yeah. Which is just so unfair and just just such a disturbing thing to think about. The fact that a midwife is present would make, you know, other care providers more hostile is just shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Nice. So what else was going on? Um, so the only real like medical tests I had done were a blood panel in my first trimester. Um, and then the GB test and for the GB test, um, she just had, it was around Halloween. She just had me eat 50 grams of Halloween candy. (laughs) uh, That was fine. And, and I, I did that. And literally besides those two things, we didn't do any other tests and she didn't have any tests done on her. Um, which I know a lot of people get a little bit freaked out about, but that was part of the whole go with the flow and, and just have no expectations and let it happen like it's supposed to happen. Well, that's what I love about home birth and midwifery care is just this ability for you to take responsibility of what you want and what you don't want. And it's your decision. If you want the testing, you want all the testing, great. That's your decision. And you can do that. If you choose that that's not right for you, that's not what you want for your family, you can also choose that because you are the most important person on your care team. And I do love, I do love that uh, your midwife allowed you to, (laughs) to not have to drink the glucola and do something else. I, um, my midwife is now, and my, my first midwife did this a while back too. They offer a jelly bean test instead. So I remember with my first midwife, she would give like organic Trader Joe's jelly beans, like 52 of them, or I think it's 52. Ah! Yeah. And that's, that's the number for the amount of sugar that you need. So it's kind of a fun test, even though that's a lot of jelly beans. Yeah. It's yeah. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so what else went on? Yeah. In my third trimester, um, I had two high blood pressure readings back to back. Um, I think they were in like the one thirties over the nineties. Um, and they were after, uh, two really horrible sleep nights and vacation. I think one of them was after driving 12 hours in one day. Um, so my midwife really wasn't too worried, but she had me take a half a teaspoon of cream of tartar, which is basically potassium and, um, potassium can lower your, um, your blood pressure. It's dangerous. So don't do it without, without, you know, a doctor's approval or your midwife's Mm -hmm. approval. But, um, that actually totally helped. And I didn't have another high blood pressure reading the whole time. So Um, was that something you took consistently or just something you took a one-time thing? How did that work? Pretty consistently. Um, not very much, but pretty consistently. I would say like five days a week I took it. And at 37 week midwife appointment, she saw that my baby was transverse asynclitic, which is kind of like sideways and her head was a little bit wonky. Uh, very, very wonky. <laughs> so that's not, like, it was not just, the best. Right. And uh, yeah, she was just in a very strange position. Um, so that day I called a chiropractor. Um, it's Dr. John Edwards at Mama's Chiropractic in South Florida. 
And um, starting the next day, I saw the Cairo three times a week until my baby came. Um, my baby ended up coming um, at 41 plus two. So I, I ended up seeing the Cairo like I don't know, 15 times before my baby came, basically. <laughs> you got to know that chiropractor. Right? It was honestly probably what made everything so fast and easy. And so it was a godsend, honestly. Yeah, that is, that's fantastic that he was able to, to help your body kind of open up and, and get her in the right position. That's, it, I just am always so amazed at chiropractic care, at acupuncture as well. I mean, there's so many modalities that can be used to, to really help, but chiropractic care is just, I feel like if everybody could do it during pregnancy, just the, the chances of good outcomes are better. Obviously it can't do F, like, you know, yeah, it's not a fix all everything all the time, but it is mm-hmm. so helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He had me do some spinning babies techniques and some mm-hmm. inversions and oh my gosh, those inversions were so hard and so uncomfortable. But um, I just did them a little bit leading up to my labor, and I didn't I didn't do anything during my labor, um, which was which was nice. It was nice, yeah. to, have to juggle the inversions with with contractions. Yeah, that it, I had. We did have one client a long time ago that did end up kind of needing to do those inversions during labor, and it was. <laughs> such a trick to, to get that to even happen. So yeah, it's, it's, that's some intense stuff, but that's amazing that that worked so well for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, so my, my birth team, um, my sister and my mom were both going to fly in. Um, my sister was going to stay, she stayed for a month and she came when I was 37 weeks pregnant. Oh, um, wow. So she actually left two days after my baby came. <laughs> so she oh, was here yeah. months. And, um, oh, my gosh. And uh, we hosted her, and then we hosted my mom, who came on my due date. And um, I actually had – we rent out two of our rooms in our house. So we had, mm-hmm. like, six adults and my midwife in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> recommend but uh it was it worked out fine um you'll see soon she was born like during the day so everyone was at work and no one was home so it was <laughs> that worked out that is that is very interesting and man that's rough with you know having being able to I don't know is it rough did you get a did you get a good visit with your sister did it work out fine it was that way? great it was I actually the last week was a little hard um I definitely had some like crying days that last week because it was just it was she had lots of questions can I borrow your car can I make food can I do this you know and I'm like can you just never ask me a question again <laughs> Whatever you want to do, do it. But I am in my birth brain and I just, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't answer questions. (laughs) So, okay. So you've got your, your mom and your sister there. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to hear how this all unfolded. Yeah. So the last days before labor, um, I practice a lot of pain practices holding ice cubes. So I recommend that like for literally everybody, Um, just holding ice cubes strong in your hand and figuring out what you need to do to turn off your mind to not care about the pain of holding the ice cubes. Um, That's great. That helped a lot. 
Um, I actually had no prodromal labor like at all. Um, I did have some Braxton Hicks, but they felt more like anxiety, like a heavy chest kind of, Um, but no, like no, no contractions leading up. Um, The last couple nights I would go for short walks and maybe have like one foot on a curb. Uh, It's called like a curb walk to try and get Mm -hmm. my baby in the right position. Um, but I basically just sat on my yoga ball doing puzzles that last like two weeks, probably. That's a nice um, way to spend your time. I'll never do another puzzle. <laughs> it was uh, nice for that two weeks. Right. The day before my baby came, I had a Cairo appointment that night and then I went for a long walk. Um, and it was really just a really like chilled day, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, and my Cairo day asked me, so what are your pain techniques going to be to help you get through labor? And I was like, I'm just going to wing it. And the look he gave me, was like, oh gosh, oh no, like this is not going to end up very well. Um, but that's just how I like did my whole pregnancy was I've never done this before. So let's just take it, you know, moment by moment and whatever I feel like doing, I'll do. Um, I read all the books, like I read at least one book a month while I was pregnant. So I definitely had like different techniques I could use and a lot of knowledge just surrounding birth. And, um, it was just so funny to see his, see his look like, oh geez, like I know how this is going to turn out that kind of look. Yeah. And I, I totally get it, but you you just prepared differently. Like you, it's not that you didn't prepare. You prepared very well. You just didn't like, you didn't say like, well, I'm going to use this technique and this is the only way. And you know, like, no, you were more open-minded with it and said like, I know all of these things. You had been practicing mindfulness. You had been practicing, really, you'd been practicing pain relief by just, you know, experimenting with it. So I think- I think you just did it yourself. Like it was DIY and it was right? very good, very thorough. I love that. Um, and, and yeah, going into my birthday, my labor day, I, I really had like zero fears. Mm, that's amazing. I, I, zero, completely, 100%. I was just ready to see what would happen. Um, so after a full night's sleep, uh, I woke up at seven o'clock. Um, I woke up just to pee like normal. Went pee, went back to bed, and within twenty minutes, I felt that my underwear was a little bit wet. So I went to the toilet, and I saw uh, my water had started to leak, and they were a little bit like a light brown color. So I knew it was like a little bit of meconium, probably. Um, so I knew, I knew it was labor day. I woke up my partner and, um, I didn't leave my bedroom. I just woke up my partner and told him, you know, it's labor day. I put my adult diaper on so (laughs) waters wouldn't leak on the bed or anything. And I got back into bed and tried to fall asleep again. And very quickly I realized that would not happen. 
Um, I texted my midwife for the first time at 7.20 a.m. And I said, you know, my water started to leak, a little meconium and like very light period cramps, not really anything at all. And of course she said, you know, okay, go back to sleep, try and rest. The usual, um, but you'll see in a second that that just was not going to happen. <laughs> um, I so I tried to lay down, and when I realized that I just this I wasn't going to get any more rest, I jumped in the shower because I wanted to shower and blow dry my hair to look pretty for my birth pictures. <laughs> um, and so I did that, uh, got out of the shower and put a TENS unit on my back. I wasn't having like any back labor, but I was like, maybe this will, you know, distract me from the contraction feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, I have heard that when using a TENS unit, it is better to start early. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. That was intuition. <laughs> yeah. So um, I had a TENS unit on my back. And um, after that, I think I took the tent unit off and Barry had put the, um, like a tablecloth down on the bathroom floor. We have hardwood, so we didn't want to get anything on the wood. Um, And I was hands and knees on the floor for a while. And when I labored there on the floor, um, with every contraction, my waters would keep leaking. And my waters at this time, they were like dark brown from meconium. Mm. Um, and I honestly, again, zero fears, I'm like, cool, whatever, <laughs> which was That's fine funny. in the end. Cause nothing, nothing happened. So why, why have any fears about it? Mm. Um, so at that point, I, the contractions were starting to like seriously ramp up. So I was like, okay, let me shower again to get the meconium water off of me. So mm. I ruined my beautiful hair that I had blow dried for the birth pictures. Dang. <laughs> I know, it's so ridiculous now that I think back. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to look like real life. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so after that other shower, I, I made a birth labyrinth. So it's like a, a maze that you can trace with your finger. And it's supposed to... Um, use your left brain and your right brain at the same time to distract you from like pain. Um, and I, I made the labyrinth out of wood myself. And I knew that just before labor, I knew that to trace it, it took me one minute. Um, so after I got out of the second shower, I grabbed my labyrinth to try and use that. And my contractions were one minute long already. Actually like mm. over, over a minute long. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh gosh, like I thought this, this wasn't supposed to happen for quite a while. This is probably like within less than 30 minutes of, um, of texting my midwife. Wow. Um, so one last contraction, I hopped on my bed for, to, to have Barry do a double hip squeeze. And, um, at that point, this first, let's just say like that all was about one, one hour, all of that. That was the hardest part of labor because my mind was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't keep up. This can't go on for 24 hours, you know? And, and honestly, that was the hardest part of labor. The rest was, was a breeze. Um, right. But at that point it was eight 50. So an hour and a half after I texted my midwife. So an hour and a half, um, I looked at Barry and I was, he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, 
I guess I want to get in the bathtub. And he's like, let's do it. <laughs> so I poked my head out and I told my mom and my sister that I was going to get in the bathtub and today was the day. And I told them oh, one of my... Uh, one of my fears of birth was that the bath of water would get cold. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I told my mom and my sister, um, can you just put some water on the stove in case it gets the bath of water gets cold? I literally did not use that at all. Um, and even at one point, my midwife was like, girl, this water's too cold for your baby. We need to like heat it up again. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It feels good. <laughs> She's fine. Um, She's fine. <laughs> Um, so at 8.50, I was in the, 8.50 a.m., I was in the bathtub, and we texted my midwife again to come. Um, the contractions were basically one minute long, and then I had between one minute and two minute break. So that would be mm. like a, a three, three minutes, three one one, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, or two one one, which would be crazy. I had wow. lots of back-to-back contractions which were like oh like (laughs) wow but um I also like would skip contractions every once in a while um and definitely by this point like it was active labor and I was saying one word here and there and that's that's it I had um it was you know middle of the day so I had a towel over my face so it would be dark so all my birth pictures, I have like a blue towel on my face. <laughs> um, and I would say things like ice or water or juice. And they would like put ice in my mouth for me. And they would put the juice up to my mouth with a straw. And I would just take a sip of it. Um, so my birth scene was absolutely fantastic. That's amazing. The best relief I found was my mom squeezing my arm. And uh, hmm. I think because she wasn't scared to literally squeeze with all of her might. <laughs> um, but that literally, that was the best relief. When she had to go do something, I was like, where's my mom? I need her squeezing my arm. That's so neat. So that was during contractions. During contractions, yep. And um, I also was squeezing a hair comb in my hand. And those, that really, those were the two things I did. Um I very always had ice on my neck, like an ice towel on my neck. Um, and at this point, the sensations, they wouldn't like taper in. Um, they would like hit me full force and then kind of taper away at the end. Oh, interesting. Um, and I was on my, I was on my back in the bathtub, like, basically almost all of labor um and really just like I was in my zone um my midwife arrived around 11 a.m and um within an hour she noticed I was getting a little bit pushy sounding and so she never checked my cervix but she just checked to see baby's positioning when I was getting a little pushy and she was like okay, you can, you can start to push now if you'd like. And I'm just thinking to myself, what? Like, absolutely no way am I here already. Um, I honestly felt like I could, I could keep going for a while, uh, which was so interesting. Um, and I was very vocal the entire labor. Um, zero shame. I, I made whatever noise I needed to make. And mm-hmm. I think that, 
I think that helped a lot. Absolutely. Like no inhibitions, just doing what your body is telling you to do. And I, I feel like I couldn't have had that at a doctor's office. Um, I even remember like going to the doctor just sick as a kid and like, like with the stomach flu or something and just being so ashamed and like holding in my vomit so I wouldn't make anyone uncomfortable. And, and it's like, you can't have that in birth. You just, if you got to do something, just let it happen. And um, I think that's kind of why my labor went so fast. <laughs> was just That's amazing. Zero cares about what anyone thought. Oh, that is, that is some good stuff you are you're giving us right now. That is seriously so good. You're right. I mean, just allowing your body to do whatever it's supposed to do without adding any type of judgment to it. Yes, of course exactly. that's going to of course that's going to help your labor. Like that but it's like that's not that's not done. We can't help but add these mm-hmm. little like, "Oh, well, I didn't think I was going to make noise or, you know, whatever." It can really right. get in your head. Exactly. Yep. Like having zero expectations and just, yep. Just letting it happen. I love that. Your birth team really plays the role too. Um, Mm -hmm. because I knew none of them cared what I did or judged me for anything I did, which is really special. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. So I would say about, about 12, my midwife told me I could start pushing. Um, I, the contractions didn't feel any different. So I was just like, I'm just going to not push and just see what happens. Um, and about another, I would say I pushed for four hours. I'll just say that. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, my labor was nine hours total. Um, I was complete about five hours into it and pushed for about four hours. Um, so about two hours into pushing, I just saw my back in the bathtub. My midwife was like, okay, girl, you gotta, you gotta do something else. And I thought to myself, I could sit here and do this all day. And I'm like, so scared if I like move, stand up, do anything else, I'm going to like lose my cool. Um, but two hours into pushing, she's like, she did, she gave me a choice. Of course I could do whatever I want, but she was really like, uh, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed in the bathtub, but I just, I basically rolled over to hands and knees and squatted a little bit and, um, runners lunge a little bit. Um, and, um, my midwife like would help me stretch a little bit with her fingers, which mm-hmm. I totally welcomed because I, I felt like I was pushing into a brick wall and I like, I didn't really know like what sensation to like look for. Um, so she would like stretch me a little bit with her fingers and, uh, another, I'd say another like hour and a half. <laughs> um, she was like, okay, your baby's going to start to come. So be ready. I was in a runner's lunge. She was like, be ready to catch your baby and pull your baby out through the water. I'm going to pass her, pass your baby through your legs. And, um, so after four hours of pushing, uh, she checked the baby's heart rate one more time. And the baby was so low that like, you couldn't really hear a heart rate. And, um, she was like, okay, next contraction, you're getting this baby out. And, and that's what I did. So next contraction, I pushed her head out. Um, my midwife said, push again. And I pushed again and her body was out that same 
probably second. Wow. Um, and actually, I never had pain in my vagina, like at all. I felt it and it, it mm -hmm. felt like a burning, but it was not pain at all, mm -hmm. which is really cool. I feel like if someone would have told me that, I would have had even less fears going into birth. Um, That's amazing. So I, I, I think I was ready to get her out. And, um, and I just, yeah, I didn't let my, my brain turn it into pain, which was very cool. And that's, I think that that's the point and not to, there's no judgment on how anybody feels when they're giving birth because it, yeah, it just feels different to different people. But I, I feel like I talk a lot about, uh, you know, is it pain? Like, is it really pain? And I think it's because in my mind, I just cannot, I cannot classify it as such. Like it's sensation. It's, it can, it's intense sensation, but pain just has such a connotation of, I don't know. It just, it's not a pain that's hurting. It's like a, it's such a productive yes. feeling mm -hmm. that I just, I just, in my mind, I can't, I cannot classify that mm -hmm. as pain. It does not feel like pain to me. I, I like to explain birth for me as running a hundred yard sprints and you just have to do Every, every, you have like one minute of sprints, one minute off, one minute of sprints, mm -hmm. one minute off. And you do that for nine hours. So <laughs> for me, for me, so like, you know, you can do it. It's just, sometimes it's like, whoa, here we go again. Like I have no mm -hmm. choice, but then every now and then you also get like a break of like three to five minutes with no contraction. And it's just like, oh, it feels so good. And, and you just, you know, catch your ground. Yeah, and it's hearing that from you. Cause your contractions sounded like they were definitely definitely coming real yeah. quick one after the other too. And that's not even, you know, some people get more of a break than that. Yep. And that's one thing I am thankful for too, is that I had everything set up, ready to go weeks leading up. Um, so I'm glad I didn't leave anything to do in early labor. Uh, Cause mm. it would not have been done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Wow. That is amazing. What was that like once you, you know, you reached down, she did your, yes. your midwife passed her to you through your legs? Yes. Passed her under the water. Um, it was 4.30 PM. So nine hours of labor. Um, she, her eyes, I'll send you all her birth pictures, but her mm -hmm. eyes, the first picture, her eyes were wide open and she's just <laughs> looking at her dad, which was sitting right, right here on the bathtub too. Oh, and um, she didn't cry for a little bit, but like she was pink and and her eyes were wide open, and that's actually how she's like today too. Like she just <laughs> takes it all in. <laughs> oh, it was very special. Um, my cord was a little short, so I just pulled her up to my belly a little bit, and uh, I didn't know it was a girl. Um, I would say about 10 minutes after just kind of sitting there rubbing her back and letting her cry a little bit my midwife said something something she and I was like is it a girl and my midwife was like oh I don't know and so very very looked and, and we saw it was a girl and that was pretty special Aww. That is, I, yeah, I love the, I've done, we've had one baby where we knew it was a girl and then one where it was a surprise. And I, I love the surprise. Isn't it special? So, um, I held her in the tub for about 30 minutes before even like thinking about the placenta at all. Um, and 
I would say like around 30 minutes, I shifted my weight a little bit and I felt and heard something come out. And I was like, awesome. The placenta's out. That was so easy. I, I can't believe I was worried about the placenta. And um, another couple minutes later, my midwife came over and she's like, that was not your placenta. That was two softball sized blood clots. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, That's less than what I wanted. <laughs> right. So um, I was, again, never worried or anything like that. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I was, I would probably say I hemorrhaged a little bit. I was out of it. But um, we just, we drained the tub, uh, got the clots out, and really just started working on that placenta. So we cut her cord, Barry cut her cord, and took her, and I guess just probably held her in the bathroom somewhere. And then... My midwife, she didn't really like massage my uterus at all. She just kind of felt it. And then um, she just kind of felt it. And then um, we got we got the placenta out within another like 20 minutes. So oh, that's great. No big deal at all. Um, bleeding stopped. Um, they rinsed me off while I was still sitting in the bathtub. And my nice. mom and my midwife... My mom and my midwife walked me over to the bed and I laid down in bed. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. What? It was like a day of work, seven to to four and then I'm in bed. Like (laughs) perfect timing period for, for me and for my preferences. I love that. That is so cool. And Kylie, what I love about your story is like, I like you, you just prepared in such a neat way. I think that it sounds like the Mama Zen book was a really, really great aspect of your pregnancy and just your general outlook on how you were going to take things. And that mindfulness aspect just served you in such an amazing way, it seems. It absolutely. Yeah. And the other, the other couple books that I really, I read towards the end of my pregnancy that like set me up for an awesome birth were, um, spiritual midwifery, obviously Ina May, um, she births by Marcy Macari and, uh, unassisted childbirth by Laura Kaplan Shanley. And the three of those just tell like, unmedicated and a lot of times like unassisted just birth stories and it was just so cool to hear that just I I could do it and so many people do it and if they can do it why can't I Um, that yeah that really set me up for for no fears um it was great she was she was nine and a half pounds (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome I I love it and I honestly prefer that because I didn't have to worry too much about her being small you know Mm -hmm. um I didn't worry too much about her she didn't eat very well the first couple days Uh, she had a really bad bad whatever that means uh she had a stage four lip tie um which never interfered with breastfeeding at all and again I probably thank my chiropractor because she's been going to the chiropractor also since she was born and mm-hmm. um, and um yeah nursing by day five we had nursing just totally under control 
Mm, that's amazing. Wow. What an incredible story. Kylie, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. And I look forward to hearing how your business just flourishes because I know it will, because just talking to you, I want to hire you as my doula. So I'm not even pregnant. I want to hire you. <laughs> like, you are going to make such an amazing birth worker. So thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you, Caitlin. What an amazing episode. As we head into today's episode roundup, I have a few thoughts. The first thing is that preparing for birth does not have to look any specific way. When I spoke to Kylie before the interview, she said, yeah, I really didn't prepare. I just went with the flow. And she's definitely not giving herself enough credit. Kylie thoroughly prepared for her birthing experience. She just didn't attach any unnecessary expectations. She was there for it, whatever it would be. I love the sense of mindfulness she brought, and this is absolutely something we harp on nicely inside of Happy Home Birth Academy. Number two, chiropractic care. Woo, I can't recommend it enough, and now I know Kylie is on board with it too. How incredible that she was able to create space for her baby to get in the correct position. And finally, I loved Kylie's discussion of her ability to relax and be exactly as she needed to be to get her baby out of womb and into arms. She was surrounded by a loving team, and she knew that she could make the noises, move the way she needed to move, and be completely uninhibited. That is what we need more of. The understanding that we can do exactly what our body is telling us to do. Whether it seems serene and quiet or it sounds like a freight train coming at you, it matters not. Birth is incredible and allowing yourself to experience it fully the way your body needs it to happen is amazing. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you this week. Please remember to head quickly on over to speakpipe.com forward slash happy home birth and leave a voicemail letting us know how happy home birth podcast has influenced or impacted you. Just share some of your story with us five minutes or less. I promise it won't take long and I cannot wait to share this with everyone on episode 100. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.